everybody. A quick show note for you. This week we are bringing you a slightly surreal treat. Uh, this is an old-timey crimey from the Forgotten Archives. It is an episode we recorded in April of 2019, nearly a year ago, and just completely neglected to publish. And as it is coming up on our one-year anniversary of releasing the show, we thought we'd dig this little gem out. Uh, a note that these were definitely simpler times. Um, they were times when weather and trees and job shifts seemed uh, so important. So uh, please enjoy us talking about those things and um, also a horrific axe murder. Thanks and stay safe. The word murderer is bad enough, but for some reason, the phrase axe murderer delivers a different connotation, a more brutal, vicious, and heartless kind of slang. Why is that? Perhaps it's because the axe, while being a devastating tool of destruction, is also an instrument that humanity uses to better itself to cut down trees, to provide building materials for structures to protect our frail bodies. And whenever that instrument is used against that frail body, it delivers a more powerful, more horrifying image. These are the tales of the Valeska Axe Murderer. You're listening to Old Timey Crimey, crimes from the golden age of yesteryear. Now, here's your host, Christy and Scott. This is Old Timey Crimey. I am Christy. I am Scott. How's your week been, bud? It's been a little chaotic, but I'm having I have some really good moments. Like, first of all, this is my favorite part of spring. Just this 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 brief moment where the the, the flowering trees start. That is that is everything to me. I am such a like a d- delighted child when it comes to that. It, you know, I, I, I'm practically like skipping around, flinging petals <laughs> above my head. It's just, it, it, it makes me so happy just driving down the streets and seeing the trees, seeing them, you know, like we have some next to my own driveway and, and in our backyard and just everything slowly blossoming and coming back to life after this god awful winter. And it really feels like the one thing about spring is that you earn it. Yeah. You know, you yeah. earn it by going through all that shit beforehand. And we went through the shit this year. Mm-hmm. Just, just to give an idea, on Thursday, well, no, it wasn't Thursday. It was, it was Sunday, wasn't it? Sunday, it was so warm that it was uncomfortable to wear pants. Yeah. Monday morning, it was snowing. Yes, it was. Yes. So we went from 60 to freezing temperatures, not even overnight. From like 2 a.m. to 8 a.m. In the span of six hours, it dropped about 45, 50 degrees. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been nightmarish. Absolutely nightmarish. You can't see it right now. Christy really is enjoying the spring. She has flowers in her hair. Um, I'm wearing a flowery dress. You are. You are. There's an apple in her hand. And a little baby pan monster is behind her playing the flute. We've, we've muted Oh, shit. Him. That's what that is? That is. <laughs> his name is Bartholomew. <laughs> Hi, Bartholomew. Thank you for providing me with background music to my spring-like life. He's You're doing right. the, you know, the, 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 the morning song, you know, the da 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 yeah. da, da That's the song he's singing. Oh, he's playing, obviously. Of course. Of what of else, course. you know? That's the one. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Oh, man. And then, 
I got some good news today. Um, I edited, for one of my colleagues up at the school, I edited um, a grant proposal uh, that she was doing. And uh, we got the news that it was accepted. Nice. So that's uh, my job over the summer is going to be, you know, it's just a side job. It's going to be helping her with this grant, um, with actually like writing the paper for it and, you know, making all the materials and doing a lot of editing. And it's a nice, nice extra money. It's just a nice, um, you know, an extra, an extra purpose, you know, something to, to keep me kind of in the game. Mm-hmm. Until school starts again, you know, because that 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 jarring feeling of going back to school in the fall and and you know you walk up the stairs and you're just like oh I'm here again ah oh, crap <laughs> you know like it's just, you 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 have this idyllic summer right? even if it's not idyllic even if it sucks but it's still like going back to school you you're just like oh papers and everything this will keep me in the game a little bit but in a pleasant way I sound like I hate teaching I really do it's the end of the semester we all sound like that at this mm-hmm. point we're all just like please get me out of here and so are the students we're all in this together so so yeah it's been um it's been a nice day of it's been hectic but I've been able to take the little moments to enjoy all the pretty flowers and to enjoy the idea of you know Having an extra job and a little extra money in my pocket, you know, so maybe I'll buy myself a little something pretty in Paris. <laughs> so how about you? Make sure it can get through customs. Absolutely, yes, yes. Yeah. It won't be pretty cocaine. There it is. Oh, man, it's so sparkly. It tingles. My face is numb. That part of it. I've been doing, I've been doing pretty well. I got the shift that I wanted at work. I'm a big yes. night owl, so I got... I got four 10-hour shifts as opposed to, like, the 5-8, which means what the hell oh. just happened? Oh, thank God. I forgot that I wasn't plugged in. <laughs> the, the screen just turned black. I'm just going to pretend like Christy's still here. So I got the shift that I wanted at work, finally. Yes. Got the four 10s. So instead of doing five eight-hour shifts, now I'm doing four 10s. They're overnight, so I'm not taking a lot of calls. And uh, on top of that, they bumped up my pay... From eleven seventy five to around sixteen an hour, but because I'm doing the overnight shift, I get an extra dollar, so it's like seventeen dollars an nice. hour. Nice, you're gonna be buying so many transformers. I already do buy <laughs> yeah. so many transformers. You're gonna be buying so many more. Your transformers budget just like went up I've, so much. I've actually already spent the next year and a half's worth of. Technically, I'm getting like an extra paycheck a month. Is mm-hmm. what it is. So my bills for the house and everything, and just for life, average about thirteen hundred a month. That's my average. Mm-hmm. Right? So that'll probably be the size of one paycheck, meaning I can take that first paycheck, put it towards the bills. So the second paycheck, the first thing I'm going to do is pay the property taxes. Oh yes, because if you've never lived in Pennsylvania, like there's a sign whenever you leave Pennsylvania, it actually says. Uh, sorry to see you leaving so soon. Was it something we taxed? Yeah. Um, the taxes here are ridiculous. We actually have the right to work tax. Yes, yes. You have to pay a tax, not just on in- We have obviously there's income tax, mm-hmm. you know, but just to work in an, in a municipality. It's yes. not. It's not like you know even the county or anything. It's like one wherever you work, you have to pay to work in that area. It's so weird. And we have a real estate tax. We have two real estate taxes. One for the one for the city and another one for the state. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because I live in the city of Johnstown, so I have to pay those two real estate taxes. So my first paycheck is going towards my taxes. My uh, th- second paycheck, my extra paycheck, is going towards my credit card. That'll get that paid off completely. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then my third, fourth, and fifth extra paychecks are going to pay off my car. And then the paychecks after that are going towards paying off my home. So Excellent. at that point, I will own my car, my home. Um, my, I'll have my life back. You're living the American dream, man. I'm, I'm trying. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely trying. Somebody, somebody said today. A chicken in every driveway and a car in every pot. Mm, I cannot wait. Making the same joke that's been made for the past sixty years. I don't no, care. No, no, no. You're quite right. I wouldn't eat chickens. I, I think chicken is disgusting. Quite honestly. Really, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, yeah. I do not like the taste of chicken. And uh, a lot of times, like to uh, fix transformers, you have to boil them to pop the rivets out. <laughs> so there is literally a possibility that there will be a chicken in my driveway and a transformer in the <laughs> yeah. pot at some point. More likely than for the average person. We'll uh, yeah, say. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, looking forward to that. I did buy a hell of a lot of transformers this week, like, like twelve, <laughs> and uh, I did have I did have a uh, a revelation today. Ooh. I whenever I went, I bumped into a friend. Whenever I went to pay my car today, um, I make my car payment. I bumped into a friend. Who hadn't seen me in about a decade. Wow. Right? Damn. Right. And I kind of, we kind of caught up, we kind of caught up on each other's lives. And, and Christy knows this, all my friends know this. There was a period about four years ago was where I was homeless for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. And I told him in nine months, I went from homeless to living in a 19 room mansion. (laughs) And now I'm working on paying off all my debt. And he goes, you really bounced back. And there was something that hurt about that phrase. Bounced back. I haven't bounced back. I've gone beyond that. Mm-hmm. I'm better than I have been in years. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to this. Still hate my job. <laughs> Just in case anybody from yeah. company that shall not be named is listening. It's Comcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, still hate my job. But there are certain bright points of my job. Uh, for example... On Sunday, I realized how much the nerds have really taken over America. <laughs> um, no WrestleMania, no Super Bowl, no boxing match, no MMA match has topped the number of calls I personally got to get HBO for Game of Thrones. Right? Yep. Yes. <laughs> and I here's the thing. Even though I'm a big nerd, I don't watch Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried watching an episode. I enjoyed the tits. I uh, enjoyed the, the midget. <laughs> you um, mean the dwarf, Tyrion? <laughs> technically, yes, his arms aren't long enough to wipe his butt, so technically he is a dwarf. Um, but the dragons, the sorcery, the, the, the medieval stuff, not for me. Mm-hmm. As far as tits and midgets, man, there are plenty of websites out there that I can find. That is true. Yeah, yes. that will just appease that joy for me. <laughs> so, no, I'm fine. I'm fine for that. My God. The little town of Villisca. Yes, Villisca, Iowa. Would be known for nothing. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, it, 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 the time that we're talking about is 1912, June to be specific. At that time, there were it was a small farming community with about 2,500 people. Now, actually, as of the 2010 census, it's half that. It's like 1,200-something. 
um, you know, possibly since it's been nine years since then, even mm. fewer people. So, yeah, it would be known for nothing if not for one absolutely brutal, horrifying, just incident. Yeah. Like, you can't even call it an incident. Murder. Let's go with one large set of murders. Yeah. A, I think, uh, I think whenever you have more than one murder, they're called a crow. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I love it. So, except for one crow. <laughs> so, yeah, 1912, it was the, the Moore family well, was the victims. In addition to that, uh, so there were, there were also two friends uh, of the, the daughters, uh, I, I think we should, or the daughter, sorry. I think we should uh, name the, the victims. You had um, Josiah. Moore, uh, the father, 43. Sarah Moore, uh, she's uh, the mother, 39. Herman, 11. Mary, 10 years of age. Arthur, 7 years old. Paul, 5. And then also in the house and victims as well were Ina May Stillinger, uh, 8, and her older sister Lena, uh, 12. So 8 people. 8. This is definitely our biggest fell swoop so far, yeah. I think. There, and this wasn't, you hear that many people in one house and immediately, and I think it's the society we live in, immediately you think poor, indigent, not, no, quite the opposite. These people were wealthy. They were at least, at the very least, well off. Yeah. Yeah. Let's use the term affluent. Affluent. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that yeah. works. So, but they were well known. Everybody knew them around the town. And everybody really liked them. Yeah, yeah, they were very, very well liked. For, for we'll say for the most part, we'll get into that later. But for the most part, they were well liked. I think there's, I think there's something that comes along with having money, that instantly makes you unlikable. Yeah, a lot of people resent you. I yeah. think for it. Yeah, think of, think of Bill Gates. Mm -hmm. Think about how many people dislike Bill Gates, and. Think of all the good he's done. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, how much money he's given away, how many programs he's started. Bill Gates is a good guy. Mm -hmm. Bill Gates is the type of guy, he seems a little out of touch with reality, but quite frankly, if you had over a billion dollars, you'd be a little out of touch with reality, too. Absolutely. I don't have a billion dollars and I'm out of touch with reality, so. Yeah, but for different reasons. <laughs> yeah, both different have, reasons, yeah. Yes. Mine is because I'm... I'm professor and I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just weird. Um, but he seems like a likable guy. I would want to sit down. And I, you know what? I bet Bill Gates would sit down with me in my small, by comparison, home. And he would probably look at my Transformers and go, wow, he seems like that type of guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So having money, and this is something I'm going to ask the listeners. I know, I know one family in town who is quite wealthy. They don't show it off. Mm -hmm. They actually live less than five minutes from you. Oh, really? Yes. Huh. They don't show it off. They're sweethearts. Absolute sweethearts. And they actually... Here's how much of a sweetheart they are. Whenever I was homeless and struggling, they lent me the money to buy my house. Wow. Because my mom had a credit card with my name on it, mm -hmm. and she had maxed it out. I wasn't I wasn't a co-borrower. I was an authorized user. So whenever she died, my credit took a hit. I couldn't get a loan. Oh, geez. They gave me a 
$1,000 loan Wow! without batting an eye. The only thing that they asked was that one of them tore the house with us to make sure I wasn't buying a bad home. Mm-hmm. And they loaned me the money. They were nice people. Those are damn good people. Yeah. 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 There needs kn- to be more people like that in the world. I know some rich people that are utter bastards. Mm-hmm. I know some really nice poor people, and I know some really bastardy poor people. So I'm asking the listeners, put away those notions that rich equals asshole. Mm-hmm. These people are going to be assholes no matter what. But these were not assholes. These were well-liked, nice people. And if you have money, there's always going to be somebody that dislikes you. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So you have this lovely family. Uh, they lived. Uh, their house was was right at the edge of town. Uh, nowadays, it's it, the, the town is a little bit more spread out, but it was it was pretty out there, and it had some some property, a little bit of property to it. They they had uh, chickens and I believe cows, and it was about six blocks from the train tracks, which may or may not be important depending on which theory you ascribe to, if any. But Villisca, for being such a small little, you know, seemingly out of the way, nowhere bill, it was, they, they got um, several dozen trains. I've heard, uh, I've heard around 30 in, in some places um, on a daily basis, stopping, you know, in town. So very much, you know, especially in those days when that was a, a, a major source of, of travel and especially like the only way of long distance travel over land. That was, you know, big for a town. You, you get people in town, you know, you, but you also get, you, people in town maybe spend a little bit of money, uh, but you also get, you know, transients and, and, you know, people who are just, you know, don't don't really have any roots and you never know what you're going to get there. You know, could be good, could be bad, either way. It's the plot of every old Western film. Train's coming through town, I gotta buy up all the land. I'm gonna get, <laughs> yeah. twirl the mustache and I'm gonna get old man Smithers' property and then old man Smithers' son going, you ain't taking my property. <laughs> you ain't taking my property, son. And then, and then 120 years later, some some doofs do a podcast about, yeah. about old man Smithers. Oh, that old story. The, the Western and then the, fa- the, the podcast. Yeah, so, um, so on, on June 9th of 1912, uh, seems like it was a kind of a nice day. Uh, they had a little, a little family day. Josiah and Sarah, they took their four children over to the Presbyterian Church. Uh, Sarah was co-director of the year-end program they had there, the Children's Day program. Where, you know, kids would, um, from my understanding, it's, it's your, your standard, you know, little kids in church, you know, putting on their, like, skits and singing songs and maybe doing little, you know, readings of psalms and stuff like that for, you know, the, the churchgoers and, you know, just, just putting on a little show, essentially, that they'd probably worked on for, you know, ever. And it was their, this was kind of like the end of the school year celebration. So, um, that was around 8 p.m. Uh, and then... Around, there was some, you know, like after church things, there's there's some mingling around, people talking, maybe, you know, having a, a cu- cup of coffee or some tea or some punch or something like that. And then around 9.30 p.m. they headed home yeah. with uh, the daughters. Actually, I have what was served. Oh, you do? Yes, I do. Oh, my gosh. You so, research God, you. Yeah, <laughs> so Sarah was actually co-director of the program. Mm-hmm. Um, the service ended with a social mingling that ended around 9.30 p.m., mm-hmm. Cookies and milk oh. were served. Oh, wait. I thought they had cookies and milk at home. It must have been weirdly phrased Yeah, for me to get that impression from where I got it. Maybe. Um, so, uh, but... Let's see. It would make sense for a Children's Day program to end with cookies and milk. Right, right. 
And once again... That actually disrupts one of my theories. <laughs> Santa Claus? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. I mean, come on. We wow. all know Santa Claus is an axe murderer. I want to hear your theory anyway, because if anybody has listened to any of these episodes, honestly, 50, 100 years really fucks up the history. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. It fucks up the records. And, and just even the procedures back then were, were different. And, and there was, you know, far less note keeping and record keeping, as we'll see some really fucked up crime scene action. Yeah. So, um... They, uh, yeah, they, they went home around uh, 9.45, 10 o'clock. And possibly cookies and milk were Possib- served. Yeah. Maybe, maybe in both places. Yeah. We're not sure. Um, and they brought the Stillinger girls with them. Uh, it seemed like, and this, this part when I, I've heard it in a couple places, I didn't see it everywhere, but they were supposed to go to their grandmother's house, from my understanding. I got that too. But they were scared to walk home in the dark. Yeah. And that part just absolutely, the, the, the sheer tragic irony of it just breaks my heart it's just god damn you know yeah yeah it's and it, it, it's weird the twist and turns and the grandparents because the they were called mm-hmm. yeah and this is this is something this is 1912 you really don't think of it as like homes having phones in them yet but obviously they do. Some homes have phones. I remember whenever I was a kid, we still had party lines. Oh yeah, my uh, my great grandmother when I was a kid, she had a party line, and you know there was the special. Everybody had their own special ring, mm-hmm. so you know the phone would ring, and we would be all like, "Grandma, Grandma, phone's ringing," and she'd be like, "No, that's Lila's ring." <laughs> you know, you know. You'd, you'd pick up the phone and you'd hear people talking. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was the weirdest thing. It's so strange. So strange to think that I've gone from a life in which, you know, every summer for a week we'd go there for, for a, a Bible school for a week, and party lines were a part of my life, to a time now when I carry around a phone that I barely use as a phone, you yeah. know? I'm, yeah. I use it 99% of the time I'm using it for other things, and then I get a call and I'm like, screw you, spam, you know? Like, what denomination were you? Um, this was a Methodist church. Methodist? Okay. Mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily Methodist. My family wasn't really anything, but it was just, it was my great grandma's religion. So we went there. It was a cute little church right up the road from her house. She lived on a dirt road, farmhouse, huge gigantic garden next door, plum trees. It was, it was idyllic. Absolutely idyllic. I was worried the Catholic thing. Oh yeah. No, no, not that. Yeah, the Catholic <laughs> church. I'm sorry, you guys, like, 10 years ago, I would have said, yeah, everything's fine. But, yeah, you guys are like the real-life Slytherin. Yeah, it's... lately, a lot of stuff's been coming out in the past couple of years that, you know, it's not, especially so, here, not so fine. Especially here, here in Johnstown. Oh, my God, Not yeah. just Pennsylvania, but in Johnstown. Johnstown. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been absolutely nasty. If you're still Catholic, surely you got to be taking a look. Absolutely, I would hope so. But yeah. there's, there's, we, we, Religion is a powerful thing. It's very powerful, and yeah. it, it definitely has the power to, you know, put blinders over the eyes and put, you know, like, earplugs in your ears and make you not really pay yeah. attention. So, yeah, so, yeah um, the, uh, the, I think the, the setup of the house is important here, because you think well off, and even in 1912, you think, you know, must have been a big house, lots of rooms. Mm-hmm. But you can actually, did you see you can take a virtual tour yes, of the house? Yes, and I did. So did I, yeah. It is quite modest. Yes, yes, yes. It's... Low ceilings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, n- the first... Not very many rooms. Yeah. Not fancy. Yeah, and the, um, the, the first floor is basically a kitchen, a parlor, and a bedroom, which it seems served kind of as a guest bedroom. And that's where the the two Stillinger girls, uh, Lena and Ina May, 
Lena and Ina May. That's where they went to sleep. And then upstairs you have right the stairs open right up into the master bedroom, basically. Um, I mean, nobody had any. It, it's, this was better than, you know, uh, uh, what was it, a cabin with a, a tarp down the middle. Yeah. Or, you know, it's like, not Unabomber territory. Well, it's not uh, Bloody Benders territory. Right, right. <laughs> it's not Bloody Benders. It's not Unabomber. But it's certainly not H.H. H. Holmes Castle. Yeah, either. yeah. This is, not a, this is not a murder castle. It's closer to the Benders than to Holmes. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, you had the master bedroom where, of course, Josiah and Sarah slept. And then right next door... Um, it, it was hard to tell exactly, but it seems like the stairs kind of like went right in that direction too. There's no real hallway to mm-hmm. it was the other bedroom and that's it. That's where the other four children slept. So, um, so yeah, this was the scene. And, and I think that, that, that closeness plays a part in some of the, one of the biggest questions that I have about the whole thing. And also one of the most chilling aspects, probably because it makes me question so much, but, but yeah, so they, uh, they, at some point during the night, um, authorities believed it was between midnight and five, but probably closer to midnight. Everybody in the house, all eight people, were bludgeoned to death yeah. with an axe. And, and we'll get to, we'll get to that because I think it's important. Th- this really shows the time. This really shows the the idea of this time in history. Their neighbor Mary Peckham mm-hmm. becomes concerned. Yeah, the next day, five yeah. when, when 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 nothing's happening yeah. in the house, you got. I, I don't see the Moors. I don't see the Moors. It's seven thirty a.m. Mm-hmm. Think about that for a second. If you're up at seven thirty a.m., yeah, I don't see any of my neighbors. And she'd actually been up since five. Yeah. And you know, doing she, she came out and she hung her laundry. She didn't see him, and it was around seven thirty that she finally was like, "All right, we need to something needs to happen here because the chickens hadn't been let out. You got four boisterous kids. I mean, she may or may not have known that the Stillinger girls were there, mm-hmm. but you got four kids." You know, I'm sure that they had their chores on the farm. I'm sure Josiah came out to, you know, like do some stuff and before work. And yeah, nothing no, nothing happening at all. Yeah. She calls Josiah's brother, Ross, who is a local druggist. That's <laughs> what they called pharmacists back then. It goes like this. The, the, the uh, timeline goes uh, uh, sorcerer, apothecary, <laughs> druggist, and pharmacist. And I guarantee... In 50 years, pharmacists will no longer be called pharmacists. We're seeing it happen now. It's not a pharmacist. They are a pharmacy technician. Yeah, yeah. We are seeing the evolution of that now. As I think I think medicine is such a touchy subject that, and because some medicines, like opioids, are can be used for hallucinogenic or, mm-hmm. or other, other uh other ideals except for pharmacological and health. You can get high as a fucking kite. Um, and then get addicted. Yeah, exactly. So I think the name of that job has to keep changing. And honestly, druggist? Not not very respectable sounding. No, no. It sounds like the guy who uh, delivers meth to the uh, band. Yeah. I mean, you have the drummer, you have the guitarist, the vocalist, and the druggist. Yeah. So, so I can understand why they get that. Uh, Ross goes in. Kind of peeks through the house. Just real quick. I think just, he just takes a quick look into yeah. that first bedroom on the first floor. And right. he sees all he needs to see to yeah. get the fuck out. Yeah, he finds two bodies at around 8 a.m. They're covered with a sheet. And Ross, I I don't know why, he decides not to call the police. He calls the hardware store. Oh, I thought he called the, He called for the marshal. Uh, or he told... Um, probably told Mary Peckham to call for the marshal because she would have a phone next door and he probably didn't want to go back yeah. in there. I got that Ross called Joe's Hardware, tells employee, 
Ed Sully to fetch Hank Horton. Okay. Now... Hank Horton, though, was the marshal, I think. Maybe that was how you got a hold of the marshal. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe that's it. That was, that's it was probably it. like when, when we had the Texarkana, when you had the people who saw, you know, that, that one of the first victims mm-hmm. waving for help, and they, they wouldn't stop, but they stopped at the funeral home in town because they had the ambulance. Right, yeah. right. So I'm willing to bet that's that sort of situation. Mm-hmm. I wasn't kind of thinking along that line, so thank you for clearing that up for me. Yeah, sure. Um, thank you to History. For uh, for recognizing Ed Selly, just this minor character who is recorded down in history now. He's the guy that takes the phone call that goes, hey, Hank. So thank you, history. Yes, thank you, history, and thank you, Ed Selly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, Hank arrives at around 8.30, very timely, and tells Ross he has found someone murdered in every bed of the home. Mm-hmm. See, he, uh, he brings by uh, some doctors, a couple of doctors, um, the, the Presbyterian minister, county coroner, and then a third doctor, Dr. Williams, who has a, a quote here that is quite something. He comes out of the house, Dr. Williams, and there's a crowd growing outside. Um, you know, word has spread. It's a small town. And he says, don't go in there, boys. You'll regret it until the last day of your life. And nobody listened. Hundred-ish, up to a hundred people wandered around the crime scene um, until the Villisca National Guard actually came and secured it. You had uh, one particularly memorable story of a local drunk who took a fragment of Josiah Moore's skull from the scene. Jesus fucking Christ. Right? Yeah. Like, this is this is beyond compromising a crime scene. This is desecrating a yeah. crime scene. Yeah. God. Like, it's it's almost, there. there's a kind of a bit of a dark comedy where you can just picture people, like if it was modern day, picturing people like next to the body holding yeah. their phone at arm's length and smiling and giving the thumbs up. Yeah, gotta get that selfie. And mm. it just goes to show. Yeah, it's, it's the tagline we have for the podcast, the good old days weren't that good. Right. There's morbid, there's morbid people out there, but it's nothing new. Yeah. None of this stuff is anything new. Just the way it's disseminated has changed. Yeah. People have been horrible a hundred years ago. They're going to be horrible a hundred years from now. And none of that is going to change. And that's a sad fact. It's We've, a sad... Yeah, it's very sad. It's, we haven't really evolved very much. Humanity continues doing its humanity thing, which isn't always that great. Definitely not. And I wouldn't be surprised if this particular crime scene was part of the reason that freaking yellow tape was made. <laughs> I don't know when that was invented, but you know, somebody at some point read this and was like, Oh, crap. We gotta do something about this. <laughs> we gotta stop this. I know what'll stop them. A piece of yellow tape. <laughs> Then you have crime scenes being compromised well, well, like, uh, you know, into the modern ages. Oh, yeah. So it's it's not like, you know, so still people will be people and people are flawed and deeply flawed in some cases. And yeah, you have stuff like this happening. I think there's some, I think a lot of it is that people see the attention and they yeah. want to become part of it. Part of the spotlight. You see that spotlight, right. you want to inch your way into it or you want to have that story to tell at the local tavern later or you want to run home and tell you know, I felt that instinct sometimes. You know, yeah. you see some drama brewing, you're like, oh, God, what's going on? Yeah. You know, gotta watch, I gotta know. You have to know. It's a TV trope. You see, like, the guy looking around at a murder scene, and he ducks under the tape and becomes part of the investigation. Exactly, yeah. It's an absolute trope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, 
So that didn't help matters as far as finding um, who had done this. And then there were some strange, some strange things on the scene. Just a, a lot of questions being raised here. A four-pound piece of slab bacon leaning against the wall next to the axe. And here again we have where history fucks us over once again. Thanks, history. Um, I read in one place I read four pounds, and in another place I read two pounds there, wrapped in a dish towel next mm-hmm. to the axe, and two pounds in the, not the freezer, but uh, the ice box, of course. Um, so I, I wasn't sure which one it was. But yeah, just bacon. Just randomly bacon has to enter into this axe murderer and ruin my breakfast on Saturday. I'm kind of wondering now. Now this is just, this is just off the top of my head. Because I didn't find that wrapped in a towel part. Okay. Was there blood on the towel? Did you read anything no, about that? It was one doctor who saw it. And because I think everything got messed up so quickly that he, it was, we only had his testimony to rely on about that. And he said, what well, it looked like it was, it was the bacon. I think he picked it up probably. And he said, it looked like it was wrapped in a dish towel. And I don't think he investigated further because it was like, there was a lot more to deal with as far as the, the crime scene was concerned. So, Because I'm almost wondering if it was used as a sound muting device. There are several theories about the bacon. I think we'll get into those later. Theories Some about the bacon. Theories about the bacon, yes. I've heard multiple theories on podcasts this week. Some more horrifying than I others. I did read one. Oh. Uh, yeah. Let's do theories later. Let's do theories later. We still have to talk about the murders. I know. <laughs> Why is this what's making me cringe? I've become desensitized. Oh, no, I was the exact same way. I was I, I listened to podcasts about this whole thing, and I, I barely blank. I, I had some sleep disturbances, which I don't normally have. But um, and, and then I, I've also been locking the door when I shower, which I also don't normally do. Um, We've been traumatized. Just a little bit. But then I hear that, that theory, and I'm like, what the so yeah. I think I think we'll save that for later. Let's, Absolutely. let's dangle that horrifying little tidbit in front of the, the listeners and then give it to them later. It's a nightmare carrot. Yes, <laughs> enjoy the nightmare carrot. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we should talk... Before we get into the weirdness, I think we should actually do, just bite the bullet yeah. and talk about the murders. Yeah, it's well... It's hard. With the bacon. With the bacon, I think it's important to, to mention the mirrors and the windows. yes. On the doors, just the windows on the doors were covered with clothes taken from the dresser. There is an uneaten food, uh, a, a plate of uneaten food, and a bowl of bloody water on the table. Um, but yeah, getting to the victims. All the victims in the are in their beds. Mm-hmm. Every last one of them, which I find extremely odd. Yeah, that's that's the, the chilling yeah. bit for me, the, the, the how of yeah. it. Yeah. The heads are covered. Um, Josiah, he was the only one who got the sharpened edge of the axe. Yeah, when you think axe murderer, you really just have that vision of somebody swinging the axe with the sharp end towards One time. You. Yeah. One time, too. Yeah. And, but really what happened was there was a bludgeoning with the blunt end on the other yeah. side. So you swing that axe around, and you have the blunt side of the metal head of the axe. And that's what was, was used on, um, on Sarah and the six children. Yeah, yeah. So, Josiah is the only one that got the sharpened edge of the axe, mm-hmm. and he they they think was first, yes, which makes a lot of sense. Get the the, the biggest possible exactly. threat out of the way or potential target. He was the most 
possibly the most likely potential target. I'll t- if I was going in there as a hitman, Josiah, even even if Josiah wasn't my main target, that's the guy I take out yeah. first. And at the very least, you get the adults. I yeah. hate even being in this mindset. I... Yeah. <laughs> and there were um, there were actually gouges in the ceiling, both in the parents' room and in the children's room. At least one of the children's rooms, if not both, yeah. from the swinging of the axe. And this... I hate to keep bringing this up. I've brought this up in about two other cases before. Um, this is where it turns to not just a normal evil, but an almost paranormal, supernatural evil. Mm-hmm. We know that the sound of a skull fracturing Ugh. is about the same sound a gunshot makes mm-hmm. from our previous, the Texarkana. Yeah. Right? I've heard I've heard an axe hit wood, and it's the ceilings are so low in this place that the tip of the axe is gouging out the top. Mm-hmm. Nobody woke up. Yeah, that's what gets me. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. There, there, there are. First of all, Sarah is right next to her husband as this is happening, and one podcast I listened to gave me the wonderful imagery of when you. Um, when you bury an axe, you know, deep into a piece of wood, and then you have to, you know, yank, yank, and right. yank and it out. And it's dry. It's not going to suck the way ah, the flesh does. It's getting worse. Yeah. <laughs> You're making it I'm worse. sorry. But this is what we do. But this reminds me of a more modern case that has always confused me. And I think that's where I kind of go back to that supernatural case. George Lutz uh, was the person who killed his entire family with a shotgun mm-hmm. one at a time yeah in the Amityville horror case the the house in Amityville New York nobody woke up mm-hmm. I even listened to his his uh, interrogation tapes where Lutz is claiming innocence and say, and then kind of saying look if I did do it you know he actually goes look when I did it I mean if I did do it. How did I keep everybody asleep? You think people would have woken up after that first gunshot? Yeah. Yeah, he's right. And there's almost a supernatural thing that wants this to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a it's it's so weird and it bugs me so much. Um I can see maybe maybe sleeping through Josiah but then the mother getting the blunt and hearing that skull fracture and... And the children right next door, four of them. you think they would run. You think they would run. Or, well, you know what? Fight or flight. Yeah. There's a third one. Freeze. Freeze. Yeah. yeah. I know. I tend to... I, I tend to be flight or freeze. Those tend to be my go-tos. Um, but yeah, and especially little kids, you know, hear something scary and they might be half asleep... They, and and how would you even, you know that somebody, even if they knew, somebody's in the next room. But, I mean, you would think the mother would have screamed. She might not have the, had time. There were neighbors close. Somewhat close, it seems yeah. like. But, I mean, they did seem to have a little bit of a spread out, sort of. Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to know how close it is. We don't have, didn't have Google Maps back then. Yeah. You know? Damn it. <laughs> Where's the satellite technology, 1912? If I can drop the ball on this one, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, he the the, the killer, or there's some theories it's killers. So, um, just for the sake of simplicity, I'm gonna say killer, mm-hmm. just to keep it easy. Um, so the killer gets Josiah, he gets Sarah, 
and then he uh, he gets the the kids. It seems like from what they sort of reconstructed that he went for the the four kids in the the next door bedroom first. Um, did pretty much the same thing with the 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 blunt end of the axe, and then went downstairs where it seems like he um, he got uh, Ina May and Lena. But it seems like out of everyone in this house, only Lena showed signs of having woken up. Yeah, and it was pretty. Um, a defensive wound. Yeah, there was a defensive wound, and she also had um, her, her some some signs that there was a potential for uh, a sexual assault, but yes. no no definitive answer on that. Um, the the doctors did take a look at the body mm-hmm. and said there was, and we're going to be blunt about this. So trigger warning: her shirt was lifted up, mm-hmm. um, but there was no, the doctors didn't find any signs of. Of other trauma, we'll put it that way. Yeah, you're smart. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it was, it was a terrifying scene. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, nobody who went in there except for the the gawkers could, you know, the, you had the doctor that came out, you had the brother that came out. He hadn't even, the, the, the brother, Ross, he hadn't even seen his, his own, you know, like, family members. He had just seen, like, the little girls, and, and, he'd, seen, and he'd seen them covered. Yeah. The killer went around and covered everybody with bedclothes and some of them with, with other pieces of clothing. Uh, it just seemed to be, like, whatever was at hand, whatever worked. Um, but he covered everyone's faces. So, you know, going in, he wouldn't have even seen faces. He would have just seen probably, you know, the shapes of two little girls under blankets and a whole lot of blood. Yeah. And that, I mean, obviously that's enough, but, but yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty brutal because, um, it seems like after he bludgeoned everyone, the killer then went around and just bloody pulp everywhere. Yeah. Absolutely bloody pulp. And, Josiah, he got it the worst. Thirty times, it's estimated. He lost he his struck. eyes. Yes, his eyes. They were, yeah, his eyes were on all, all unrecognizable. Yeah. And now my source here says all six members of the family unrecognizable. So I'm not sure about the Stillinger girls. It didn't specify then. So another case where, you know, it's it's uh, it's kind of uh, hard to know exactly the truth. But I guess as far as is, was it six people or eight people whose faces were unrecognizable? I'm okay with not knowing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. S- same here. Um, the more Stillinger funeral services were held later on in the uh, Villisca Town Square. Uh, the National Guardsmen blocked the street. Uh, there were thousands. Remember, this town's population at this point is. What is it? 2,500. 2,500. But you have that train coming in, and you have news spreading all right. around. People were coming into town to, to, to gawk, yeah. to look, yeah. Yeah, there were thousands. Uh, the funeral was 50 carriages long. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine just the, the sheer, like, just deep, deep sadness. Yeah. Just pulling, like, in your chest, of the, that, that sinking in your chest of seeing that, you know, pass by and knowing you know just but seeing the town come out for that and paying their respects is is even though some of them are probably there just to say oh i was there for the Mm -hmm. villisca axe murders funeral but some of them many of them were probably there because it was a family that they liked and respected and you know they wanted to to actually like pay their respects and say their goodbyes so it's it definitely has a it's not really a silver lining. It's more like a 
a very dark, dark gray lining, we'll say. There's nothing shiny no, here. <laughs> no. Um, but let's... Should we talk about the weirdness? Let's talk about the weirdness. Yeah, there's, there's a few more weirdnesses aside from bacon. And uh, and b the bowl of bloody water can easily be explained as cleaning oneself off. You know, yeah. there, it's not like you could hop in the shower. Because the know? axe was partially cleaned. Yeah, yeah. So... And the axe, we should mention, had been outside. The axe was Josiah's own axe yeah. that he had yeah. used to split wood, I think, earlier that day or maybe the day before. And yeah, and, and then the, the killer just that's that's another thing that that just absolutely drives me to distraction is the weapons of convenience. First of all, what they speak to, they speak to a, a, an impulsivity. I, I don't know if that's what was there or not, but it really feels that way or, you know, it, but there's also that feeling of violation of you talked about it being like a tool that we use to to create protection and then it being used against you to take everything away from you including your own life it's just it 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 it, it infuriates and upsets yeah. me i think i think it was a little more thought out than this um i just whenever you get a weapon of convenience i don't know it could be well there's probably an axe there so i'll just grab that when i go in and I don't want anything attached to me. Or it could just be, hey, let's go a murdering, you know? Let's find a house. There's an axe. To me, it could go either way. I think it's more the first. Okay. I, I'm thinking it's a little bit of both. I think whoever went there that night had a, had every intention of killing that family. Okay. Every intention. I don't think it was somebody that went by and they said the wrong thing. Like, you know, they went, I want a dollar. I only have 50 cents. Boom. I don't think it was that. Well, it's not necessarily that that I'm thinking of, more of, you see, you say they went there with the intention of killing that family. For me, weapon of convenience always brings up the possibility of random, ra randomness. Oh. Like somebody just wandering through, you had this, this train, you know, you'd have people traveling on it, you have transients, and you have somebody just, and I'm not saying that this is even my theory, but this is a theory, you have somebody just wandering through town, he's creeping around through backyards, and he's got some homicidal impulses brewing in him, he doesn't know whose house this is, but he sees that axe in the backyard, and he's like, you know what, I know what I'm doing tonight. Yeah. And so it begins. It's that, it's that that sort of murder creeping up on you, that randomness. It's it's why, um, God, was it? There's a, there's that real, I think there's a real life version that we talked about, and then there's also, I think, the movies, The Strangers. Um, the, the, the Because You Answered the Door. Right. It's the, Because uh, You Answered the Door. It's that idea of, that like, one instance of, oh, Josiah left the axe in the backyard instead of putting it in the shed or something like that, and, you know, this one tiny little action, you answered the door when nobody else did, that becomes your undoing. And that's what, that, that randomness and just brings home the fragility of life and terrifies the fuck out of me. Those were the Tate LaBianca murders. Okay, all right. Yes, yes. oh yes, yes, yes. Oh, okay. The, yes. the Manson family murders, mm -hmm. which to this day... Are you, wait, are you sure? Uh, the one The Strangers the, is based on? The Strangers? The Strangers feels like... Isn't, I thought The Strangers was based on the Tate LaBianca murders. Um, the Strangers is the one where they wear the masks and... Yes, and there's that horrifyingly creepy moment, um, with the... And who is it? Is it Liv, uh, Liv Tyler? Liv Tyler, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking the Tate LaBianca murders were the ones that The Strangers was based off of. Uh, okay, so actually it's, it's a couple of events. The, the, you're right, the Manson family Tate murders... 
and the uh, Keddy Cabin murders that occurred in Merrill, Wisconsin, and a series of break-ins that occurred. This is how, who uh, the director was inspired by. And a series of break-ins that occurred in his own neighborhood as a child. We're all right. Yes. Isn't that fun? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's so many fucking murders. Um... So so yeah, it's just it, it it's it's that element. If I really dig down deep and and look at it, which I kind of hate doing, but it's that element that of of random, you know, butterfly effect bullshit that that gets me it, of of that particular possibility. You know, it's when there's not even a reason other than because you answered the door mm-hmm. or there was an axe in the yard. And that's what that's what gets me. So and that randomness too. Um, Raider, the BTK killer, mm-hmm. he would only kill people who left their front door open. Yeah. Because he saw it as an invitation. And you just, it's that also that fucking not understanding how people's minds can work that goddamn way yeah. that gets me. I am sweary. Yeah. <laughs> I'm well, very sweary to Yeah, think. that was Raider's mindset. It's yeah. your fault. You invited me in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's disgusting. That's uh, I'm I'm very protective of my my property and my my myself, and that's one of my that's one of my buttons. You know, like fuck. Completely uh, understood. So so yeah. Um, it's it's that it's that same idea of that very very same idea that that freaks me out. Then you had the lamps. Did you see about the kerosene lamps? I did not see about the kerosene. Oh, lamps. okay. Because this was weird. Okay. All right. So. Um, they had, you, you know, the, the, I think hurricane lamps is, I think was what they're calling them yes, called with the, yes, that glass the, fluted kind of top. Right. They straight down kind and then of kind of bulge, bulge out. Yeah. It's like, think of like half an hour glass with a chimney on the top. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hurricane lamps. And then you had, you know, the, the, the kerosene in the bottom and a wick that you could actually like, there's a little gear on the side. Mm-hmm. We have one out in the... Out in the entryway, I was actually thinking of, like, having it here for creepy atmosphere, but I was like, then how would we read our notes? That's right. <laughs> so, um... This isn't working, Christy! <laughs> it's atmosphere, Scott! God damn it! I'm blind. You always ruin my things! I'm still blind. Atmosphere! Blind! Atmosphere! Atmosphere! I guarantee I can go higher. Uh, yeah, I, I know you can. I mean, listen to the normal register of the voice. Yeah. So, um... They found one of those lamps at the foot of Josiah and Sarah's bed. The chimney, that, that glass part that's kind of like a bulge and then, you know, a straight fluted, not, I don't want to say fluted necessarily, but um, a straight cylinder, was off. Uh, and that was found under the dresser. The wick had been turned back. So from my understanding, you, you turn that dial and then the wick goes down. So you, it wasn't actually like they wanted to light it. Mm-hmm. It was just very strange. Um, and then... Similarly, another one found at the foot of the Stillinger girl's bed. Very, very odd. And a very, like, there's, there's, I've, heard, I've heard so many theories. Um, it's so weird, the, the difference between reading articles and listening to podcasts. Because mm-hmm. uh, I changed my, my routine up a little bit. And this week I did podcasts and then read articles. And podcasts, you always get theories. And articles, they, they hold back on that a little bit. And so, like, some theories I heard was um, he, you know, like... I heard, you know, just turned the lamp up just enough to not wake anybody up. I heard things about kerosene not splashing out. Um, I heard theories about a plan um, initially to burn down the house and the evidence using the kerosene lamps that was then abandoned. 
because well it, it went you know well enough that they didn't think they'd be suspected or they were afraid that the, the fire would actually draw attention sooner than they wanted before they could get out of town or whatever so i heard all kinds of theories about the lamps more theories than i heard about the bacon mm. so um the bacon's disturbing the bacon's disturbing it's cruel. it God. is Bacon violation. Yeah, you know, should we go ahead? I think we should just go ahead. We're in the weird part. Let's yeah. let's let's just. I'm not gonna say embrace the weirdness because I do not want to fucking embrace it. So, so I should say first of all because the, the one theory is actually connected to that fire idea, and that theory would be that if you have this many bodies and you burn them, that smell is going to reach somebody who's going to be like, wait a goddamn second, mm -hmm. something smells off. Not that everybody should know what burnt bodies smell like. I really hope everybody doesn't. Um, especially, you know, like poor Mrs. Peckham. But uh, the bacon would be meant to, you know, like kind of cover the smell. It was the most pungent thing they could think of to burn that would cover it up. So I didn't really believe that theory too much. I didn't really believe the fire theory. I just think the lamps are a weird thing. And so, then I'll let you do the other bacon theory. Supposedly, supposedly bacon smells a lot like human. So much so that certain cannibal tribes call human meat long pig. Oh, yes, yes. <clears throat> yes. So I can see that. But quite honestly, that seems to be pretty forward thinking. Well, it's, somebody. it's somebody who had a plan and then yeah. went in and halfway through abandoned it because they were like, oh, well, no, this is good enough. Yeah. So that that's the general idea of the... But um, you want to go... Did, do you have the other? Take a piece of bacon. No. Piece of slab bacon. So fucking gross. Fold it over on itself. And now you have a vagina. Yeah. God, it creeps me out. Motherfucker. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. But we don't know there's there's i mean we've gotten to the point where the theories about the bacon are to make cover the smell of the dead bodies or to fuck yes <laughs> and quite honestly i could see the fucking because all the mirrors being covered in the house if i just fucked a piece of bacon i wouldn't want to look at me either also this is not a well yeah <laughs> just need <to> back up <laughs> acknowledge that this statement was said before i move on okay i've acknowledged it okay um all right um but you have a person who's clearly not of sound mind. Oh, God, no. So, really, anything. It could be anything. It could be something... A million different reasons we haven't even he, thought of. He talks to it. There happened yeah. to be a pig nipple on it that he would suckle upon. <laughs> oh, God, you're making there, it worse somehow. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um... I, like... It could have just been he planned to eat it later. He was like, oh, I got it, you know, oh, I should go... I'm gonna fry this up. Oh, I should go check and make sure everybody's actually and dead, the, and, and then, then he, he leaves it, it there. Yeah, yeah, like one, yeah, one podcast. I did. I'm referencing so many podcasts without actually saying them. Sorry, um, I just I kind of listened to too many, and I can't remember what I've listened to so far. <laughs> um, but one one idea was, you know, how often do you leave your takeout? You know, your your your, your doggy bag mm -hmm. in the restaurant or in your car. You know, the number the number of times I have left a doggy bag somewhere other than my refrigerator outnumbers the number of times it has reached my refrigerator. I am two hundred ninety five pounds. I don't leave food. Food leaves me. <laughs> <laughs> that was a poop joke. <laughs> sure you really really needed to spell that out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure yeah. they they needed that. <laughs> so and then one more little thing. Um, one of Sarah's shoes was found on Josiah's side of the bed, filled with blood. And the, I guess the, the, the coroner's idea, uh, 
was that the killer came back to, to, you know, hit him again and knocked the shoe over. But I'm like, over from where? Yeah. Where where was the shoe that it could be knocked over from one side of the bed to the other? Maybe kicked under the bed? Because I don't even want to look under my bed, but I know there's a lot of dust-covered slippers that I've forgotten even exist under there because they just get nudged under the bed when you get out in the morning or when you're going yeah. to bed at night and the next thing you know, you're buying a new pair of fucking slippers. You know, like, I buy so many slippers. I could just get under the bed, but I refuse. I flat out refuse. So, I, I yeah. I only have one pair of slippers and they're shaped like koala bears. Oh, that's adorable. You know me, I have my sloth slippers. There you go. My sloth she, she does. <laughs> she does. It's the fastest you've ever seen a sloth move in your entire life. <laughs> when somebody's like, hey, I got a beer for you. Those those sloths. Poof, yeah, exactly. Like a bullet. Done. So, so, yeah, some weird, weird shit. You know, everybody's face is being covered. Every reflective surface. You know, not just windows to hide, to hide the light, but mirrors, too. Mirrors, yeah. too, really speaks to something. Some people say, like, oh, that's not psychological. I say not wanting to see your own reflection is really fucking psychological. There's something there. Right. Which plays into our first, and quite honestly, what I feel is our most likely suspect. Yes. The Reverend. Yes, the good old Reverend. Reverend, and I've got his whole name here. Me, too. You, I'll let you have it. I got Volcana a couple weeks no, ago. No, no, no. You, you go ahead and take this because I've given him a nickname. Oh, okay. All right. So, I'll let yeah. you have that then. Okay. I'll let you have the nickname that you came up with, literally. Right on. Uh, the Reverend Lynn George Jacqueline Kelly. Mm-hmm. And Jacqueline, I should note, is spelled J-A-C-K-L-I-N. So guess what? Weird spellings of names didn't start in the last couple decades. Definitely not. <laughs> My nickname is the Sinister Minister. Oh, I love it. There it is. Beautiful. It's like that could be like a wrestling name. Mm-hmm. That could be like a derby name. That's great. Yes. 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 So yeah, he was a traveling minister. Min- minister. Mm-hmm. And this was actually pretty common. It was it was dying out in this time. I actually did a. I wrote a short story, uh, I had to write a western, and I did one where I had a, an itiner- sometimes also known as an itinerant preacher um, in, in the West as that was, you know, was dying out. You would have it when you had these towns separated, and you not every town, you know, especially a lot of small towns in the Midwest, in the West, they wouldn't all have their own dedicated minister. Right. These were the Couldn't tele- afford it. These were the televangelists of mm-hmm. their time. Yeah, except instead of being on TV, they would just go from town to town. Exactly. And in my, in my story, actually, it was, they w- were... Um, they were vigilantes in each town. That was, uh, that was fun. Him and his daughter. It was it was good times. So. Sna- they were snake oil salesmen of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they were. Because you don't. You, you. It's not like you have somebody vetting these people before they hire mm-hmm. them. You just have you know. Oh, you're coming through town and you're a minister. Sure, yeah, yeah. Give the sermon. You know. Yeah. yeah. So so you had um, nobody vetting this man because he was also known as a sexual deviant. Yeah, he sent, uh, he actually did a little bit of time. He was convicted of sending obscene letters in the mail. Yes. Yes. Obscene letters in the mail. <laughs> my dearest Emily, heareth be a parchment sketching of mine penis. The. That's how I imagined he talked. I would say the original dick pic, but I'm pretty sure some of you scrawled something on a cave at some oh, point in time. absolutely. Many times, probably. The... I'm not, I'm surprised every cave and pyramid and everything isn't just scrawled with dicks. They are. <laughs> they are, but you it's just never see them. I, here's the thing. Any new technology that is invented, the second thing it's used for is always pornography. Yeah. Um, some guy paints a buffalo on a cave... The next one is, it's like, ugh, the cave woman's giant tits. Yes. Right there. 
The first words on the phone, Watson, come here, I need you. The second ones were, what are you wearing? <laughs> it's... Yeah. It, yeah. And of so, course, the internet, we all know. Yeah. Absolutely. We're, we're, we're way too familiar. So, so yeah, he was... He was he was something. Uh, these obscene letters. Do you have more in the obscene letters? I tried to find one of mm. them. Did you find one? I did not find any. I, did you hear about the ad he put in the paper? I did not hear about the oh. ad. I know that he had a reputation for odd, odd actions and behavior. Like, say maybe putting an ad in the paper. Let's hear this ad. Uh, he was, I don't have the exact ad, but, uh, If you can't tell, Christy is a much better researcher than I am. No, 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 no. I think we're, I think we're on par here. I think we're about even. Right on. Um, but, uh, he was looking for a receptionist in this ad. And when, uh, w- women would call to answer this call for a receptionist, he would say, oh, but you have to type in the nude. Shit, that's a good idea. (laughs) Don't take your cues from the sinister minister, Scott. Come on. (laughs) Damn, that's going to be his tagline on Tinder or whatever. (laughs) You can have one. I don't even know. I don't have Tinder. I've been married forever. Uh, I'm an old woman. I have Tinder. (laughs) You should know. My mother, uh, this past weekend. Did I sleep with your mom? um, Not that I'm aware of, but um, no, this past weekend she she texted. uh, She was hanging out with some friends. She texted me and my sister. And she's like, well, you're. Your mom is getting, you know, kind of lonely, so I thought, you know, maybe I'd, I'd try something. So my friend Holly and I, we both set up our, our profiles on this website called Tinder. Okay, I'm going to see if we can find your no, mom no, no. on Tinder. I totally bought it. My sister is smarter than I am. Oh. She was like, how can I, she was hanging out with her friends. She was like, how can I get my daughters to call? Is that your mom? That is not my mom, you bastard. Hold on here. No, you're not going to find her. I told you she's not. That woman is younger than me. No, definitely not. I'm not. See, this is what I hate about Tinder. This is, that's the only picture they have. And it's just a pancake with a snowman on it with bacon arms. Um, no. Uh, Aaron? Let's see here. Is that a picture for from 1985? Well, I think that's what Aaron oh, okay. looks like now. Aaron looks like Jabba the Hutt, so no. Okay, so she's not on there. I'm telling you, she was she was faking it. Well, now I'm on here. I gotta Stop. see if I can score tonight. Stop. Close, close Tinder. No, close it, close it. Okay. <laughs> All right, I gotta keep them in line, guys. Ah, oh, God. You know what? If anybody has any advice for keeping this man in line, don't tweet give us. it to her. Do tweet not us. give it to her. So no, she was she was just basically like trying to figure out like how she could get both of her daughters to call, and she's like, I'll just tell them I'm on Tinder. I'm on this website called Tinder. She totally got me, but my sister was like, nah. <laughs> so so yeah, anyhow. Um, but yeah, this was apparently his his uh, the sinister minister's uh, Tinder was was well, the the one ads, which I'm sure it was for a lot of people actually. Well, he this is a lot of deviants. This is a guy that had suffered a mental breakdown. I couldn't find the age, but it was just given as an adolescent. Yeah, he was pretty young, and he he spent some time in a, in a mental institution, um, and he actually. Okay, so I don't know how reliable this is, but supposedly at five nineteen a.m. the morning following the murders. So right about the time, you know, 19 minutes or so after Mrs. Peckham has woken up, mm-hmm. uh, the Sinister Minister, I've really glommed onto this. I'm, I'm, it's I'm yours. loving this. It's yours. Um, it's ours. This it's, is oh, true. Tagline. Maybe tagline for the episode art. Yeah. Possibly. Um, he left Velisca on the number five train. And supposedly he told the people on the train that there were eight dead souls back in Velisca, Iowa. Butchered in their beds while they slept, 
but the bodies, of course, it's 5.19 a.m., had not been discovered, but... How do you bring that up in casual conversation? I know, right? Like, that's not small talk. Maybe it's small talk for him. I mean, he does yeah. tell women they have to, like, type in the nude. So, uh, so, uh, where are you headed to? I'm headed away from them five dead souls. <laughs> do you, uh, do you type? <laughs> he had actually, uh, he had come to Villisca... The Sunday morning of the murders. Yeah, and he attended the Sunday school performance of the Sillinger Girls. Yeah. He had seen them. Mm-hmm. And then, in a bit of extreme weirdness... Which almost passes as normal for this guy. Exactly. He returns two weeks later, not as not as the sinister minister, but now as Detective Crazy Pants. Yes, yes. He, he, and he goes on a tour of the murder house... With the detectives. Yes. Which actually, I mean, in this day and age, I mean, yeah, you have the guy who ducks under the the tape and everything, but at the same time, it seems like in that day and age when you could just have hundreds or like a hundred people just traipsing through the house grabbing skull fragments or what the fuck ever, it seems like maybe it wasn't so hard. This is two weeks, though. You would think they'd have it more under control. And plus, like, hey, uh, officer, um, do you think the new detective's acting a bit weird? He was trying to eat his hat. (laughs) yeah and then um he uh he was arrested it wasn't until 1917 actually that he was arrested there was so 1912 1917 but uh he was arrested after sending letters about the murders trying to get more information to police and family members of the victims this asshole yeah i mean yeah okay mental illness yes it's not an excuse it can be a reason, but it's not an excuse yeah. to do something horrible. Like remind people that their family is dead, that these all these people are dead by sending them fucking letters. That's 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 psycho asshole territory yeah, right there. Absolutely, which is why I kind of peg the Reverend as the probable killer. He did actually. He make, confessed. He confessed. Yeah. Um, after hours of interrogation, we know how this goes, and of course, he recanted almost immediately, but. He said, and I don't have like his full confession, uh, but at one point he said, uh, God had whispered to him to suffer the children to come unto me. Mm-hmm. This asshole, man. Yeah. Yeah. Now we do have, and, Jesus, it was really, it must have been damn hard to be convicted of anything. Yep. Back in those days, because this dude straight up confessed. Yeah. He's, he's a crazy motherfucker sending dick parchment. To to all the ladies putting ads in the newspaper. He wants naked typists. Yeah. Um, but we do have Andrew Sawyer. Well, wait. Oh, go ahead. Two trials. He had two trials. First one, hung jury. Second one. Name of my sex tape. <laughs> hung jury. I love it. <laughs> I love you. it. Second one, acquittal. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, definitely hard as hell to actually get convicted. I think you actually had to put some effort into it. Yeah. 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 So. I did it. I did it. I <laughs> no, did really, it. I did it. This is how I did it. Innocent. <laughs> Why did you call him innocent? I liked his honesty. <laughs> and he had a nice hat. <laughs> Still got a couple of it. Scott's making it happen. <coughs> so, um, so, yeah, we have a fucking smorgasbord of suspects here. So who do you want to talk about next? Let's do Andrew Sawyer. Andrew Sawyer, yes. only real crime seemed to be that he was homeless. Pretty he much. was a transient. Yeah. Yeah. And he he did have, his employer, like, he, you know, he, he apparently he did mm-hmm. some sort of work for somebody. 
His employer said he did have a little bit of oddness to him. Some 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 weird things he did, which seems like everybody in everywhere did odd things in the story. Right. He he did, and he did seem to have some knowledge of the murder. He showed yeah. his boss's son how the killer had left Valeska. Um, he had showed him this is where the the killer went away, and they did find shoe prints there. But at the same time, that doesn't make him guilty. Yeah. It makes him a possible witness, a person of interest, but. The main thing that seemed like everybody seemed to hang this dude did it on was that he purchased a paper and seemed very interested in the murders. I which means you, the listener, <laughs> could possibly be a suspect. Where were you in June of 1912? Yeah, where were you? Come on, I want to see that alibi right fucking now. Mm-hmm. Well, he also was said, and this is a rumor, so I don't know, um, but he was said to have slept fully dressed while gripping the axe he used as a worker on the railroad. So that's a little weird. But then again, you had, again, we have a small town. We have, you know, horrifying incidents that are gripping the nation. Not even the town, but the nation. Mm -hmm. This wiped the Titanic headlines. The Titanic had happened a a month or so before. So, you know, it takes about, in old-timey times, it takes about two weeks for any news to get out. Wiped it off the newspapers. Yeah. In, In modern times, the Lost in Space movie wiped the Titanic out of the movie theaters. That was the first movie, by the way. Yes, the old Lost in Space, that shit Matt LeBlanc movie, was the first movie to to make more money than Titanic in the movie theaters. Wow. Damn. Yeah. Oh, what? Huh? Okay, no, for like that weekend. <laughs> oh, for that weekend. I thought you yeah, meant over time. And I was not like, over what? time. Not no. over time. Okay. For that weekend, yeah. it made more so money. So it, it, it booted it off the top of the box exactly. office for that weekend. Yeah. Okay, I got it. I got so, it. So, yeah, that's it either takes murders or robots. Yeah, one more of the two. One of the two. Either one. Pick, take, your, take your pick. So, um, yeah, they did actually detain him. And, but uh, he'd been arrested for vagrancy in Osceola, Ohio, the night of the murders. So that kind of scuttled that witness, mm-hmm. or not witness, but a potential, well, witness or potential uh, suspect. Yeah. So um, I think it's my turn to pick. Go for it. I should go start, you know, crossing people off as we go through them. This is okay. the best game of Clue ever. <laughs> yeah, right? Excuse me, while Christy's picking, I'm going to take a drink here. <laughs> Nice, uh, nice loud one there. Thank you. Being um, in audio format, you're not certain if I took a drink or just hit the bong. And you'll never know until about ten minutes later. I think for the sake of the, the order, um, I think we should go ahead and do Henry Lee Moore. Yes. Who, with no relation, we should specify. Um, he, uh, in 1913, uh, they, they, you know, the investigators were like, hey, look at, look at this guy. Uh, he, uh, a few months before Velisca had committed, I think, okay, I th- I'm confused as to the timeline as far as he goes, Henry Lee Moore, but I do have that at some point in time, he was convicted of the murder of his mother and grandmother, and also they, uh, suspected him, they tried, they tried to pin 22 other axe murders on him around the U.S., because what you don't, what you don't realize is the context of this. Um, and for that, I would actually recommend, uh, listening to, uh, Lore episode. This is where I first heard about the Bliska Axe murders. I would recommend listening to Lore episode 16. It's called Covered Mirrors. And it was, it gave me fucking chills. And, uh, it goes into some of the other Axe murders, murders in, in times around, uh, this. Because it was a, a period where there, this was happening a lot. I love lore. Mm-hmm. I listen to lore quite a bit. 
Um, a lot of people don't like Aaron Mankey's voice. Quite honestly, I think his voice is fine. I think it's, yeah, I think yeah. he's got a great, he's got a good storytelling voice. And exactly. I, I think some people don't like his rhythm, maybe, but I also find the rhythm fine. Yeah, Absolutely. he gets, he gets, he gets basically like nagged for that as much as like women get nagged for vocal fry. Which yeah. go ahead, all vocal fry, all I want. <laughs> I I think one of the best episodes of the Lore Podcast. Which kind of relates back to this, the Lizzie Borden. Oh, okay, all right. Where I always thought Lizzie Borden was guilty. I listen to the Lore podcast and then start to do my own research. I'm fairly certain she was innocent. See, the one that I always use to pull people into Lore is uh, the lobotomy one. Yes. Because if I have to stop, take my headphones off, and breathe for ten minutes at some point in time, then I know it's good. So yeah, and we'll, we'll probably we should probably cover him at some point. Um, Absolutely, do our own episode on him, that, on that is guy because there's there's a lot there. Definitely a crime. Did, is he the one that lobotomized Rose Kennedy? I can't remember. I, it wasn't specifically mentioned in the the lore episode. I'd have to do some more research aside from that. Yeah. Um, I, I know that he does plenty of research. I mean, he has a research assistant yeah. for God's sakes. We we need some research assistants. Kennedy, the Kennedy. Somebody family. do my googling. <laughs> I always thought. I always thought that. And once again, if you don't realize by now, I'm kind of heavy into the supernatural. I always thought that that family was being punished for the lobotomization of Rose Kennedy. Because JFK... Oh, you mean wound... supernaturally punished? Yes. Okay, alright. I was like, who's punishing yeah. JF... to be president for yeah. punishment. <laughs> JFK, wound to the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think yeah. Robert Kennedy was a wound to the head. Um, Ted Kennedy, stroke. Wound to the head. Damn. JFK Jr. probably had his head wounded in the plane crash. Um, and then you get to the weird part. The name Kennedy is derived from, I think it's, I, I think it's an old Gaelic word called O'Kennedek, which means ugly or wounded head. Oh, damn. Yeah. That is weird. I'm, That's, I wow. know, I know that the name Kennedy comes from wounded or ugly head, I'm not certain if it's O. Kennedek, mm-hmm. um, because those Gaelic words, they're using letters we don't even use yeah. anymore. It's like, what the hell? This is like an H and a Y, <laughs> and, and maybe the Batman symbol. It's all laid on top of one another. Yeah. So so back to Henry Lee Moore. Um, now we've taken our little lore detour. Yes. Um, but yeah, so 22 axe murders around the U.S. they were trying to pin on him. He did uh, serve... 36 years of a life sentence, and then 1949, he got paroled. In spite of anything, you know, they tried to stick on him. He was never, there was never any, never any charges on him for the Velisca killings or any of the other 22. Um, I'm, I'm not even 100% sure that he, I, I guess it must have been his mother and grandmother that he got the, the life sentence for. And and that was, that's, that's, do you have anything more on him? Not really. Yeah, just he doesn't the, seem to the, catch the attention as much as, as some of the other suspects. Yeah, even in Wikipedia, I couldn't find I couldn't find a birth date. I couldn't find a death date mm-hmm. for Henry Lee Moore. And even Wikipedia, he only he only is given five lines in Wikipedia. Wow. Yeah. Um, which I mean, Wikipedia, quite honestly, everybody shits on it, um, but it's pretty damn thorough. Oh yeah, yeah. It's pretty damn thorough. Um, and then when it's not, it lets you know by saying, like, you know, like, citation needed, verification. At least yeah. it lets you know when it's not, you know, like, when, when somebody could be just going in there going in there and bullshitting or when there's, you know, holes. And you can, yeah, you certainly find additional stuff. Like, I, I, I basically, like, start, if I'm not starting with podcasts or, you know, like, a, a TV show, 
I start with Wikipedia and then like I get the the sketch of the crime and then I work outward right. from there is how the, my my research tends to go. Wikipedia is my skeleton. Yes, exactly. And I flesh it out with other websites right. because so, you get some some details there that they may not have verification. They could still be true, right. and I'm not exactly like. I'm, I I would like the truth, but I realize that we're on a podcast about you know crimes and history. So the truth the truth is malleable. It's malleable. It's murky. It's 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 in a pond, and there there's all kinds of fish. And yeah. And twenty years from now, it's going to be even less clear than it is now. Mm-hmm. Whenever I whenever I take my notes for the podcast, I leave like lots of space between each one. Oh yeah. So that as I like like you said. Wikipedia, that's my first place, but then I leave room for notes. And yeah, you can I fill in any it. any extra blanks and details. Exactly. Yeah, so, so all right, I think um, we only have a couple more suspects left to talk well, about. The next one is is a family member, Henry Lee Moore, no relation, but Sam Moyer certainly was. Oh, I don't have him. Sam Moyer well, was thanks. Josiah's brother-in-law. Okay, and... I did hear about him, but I didn't write him down, so yes, yeah. go ahead. So Sam Moyer, um, he often threatened to kill Josiah. Yes, yes. Often. He was hurt to, to threaten his life. Yeah, and I... but In-laws, uh, man. In-laws. I'm sorry, I actually love my in-laws. <laughs> I have good in-laws. <laughs> no. <laughs> my in-laws, my in-laws have all been kind of nuts. Absolutely. Two marriages. I would say that, like, the in-laws had, had quite a hand in each one of them. <laughs> um, and actually, my, uh, my, my second wife's mother's new husband was a cousin to Rick James. Jesus, that's a trail to follow. Yeah, it is. I got lost somewhere there in the woods, and now I'm, like, hugging a tree or something, and there's a trombone. So my, my <laughs> second ex-wife's... Trombone with a knife on it? Yeah, knife. <laughs> Second ex-wife's... You led me here, Scott. Mother. New husband. New husband. Rick James' cousin. Rick James' cousin. Okay, all right. And looks like him. I mean, he's only slightly less tangible than my fifth grade science teacher. No, sixth grade. Sixth grade science teacher is, you know, Chuck Norris's cousin. That's true. That's true. Um, but, also looks like him. But you know what? Good old Sam, he's got himself an alibi and it does check out. And you know what? I Alibis as, were a big part of clearing people in this particular one, it seemed yeah. like. I wonder how many were faked. And I don't know. Here's the thing, though. I kind of, I kind of go with this whole thing of like, yeah, his brother-in-law threatened to kill him, right? Could you murder your nieces and nephews? Yeah, that's pretty... It's... I mean, I, I, I couldn't murder anybody. Yeah. But strangers are one thing, family's another. Sam, no. I don't, I don't really put him down to it. Um, so I think the next... Are we down to the last two, or do you have I'm, any more? Uh, the last two are interrelated. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And I'm, yeah. I'm just wondering, like... In what order? I think we should probably do the Senator Frank. Okay, all right. All right. And then bring in Blackie. Yeah. After Senator Frank. Okay, that sounds like a good plan to me. Yeah, so you have um, Frank Jones, uh, who was uh, an Iowa State senator. Um, Frank Fernando. Fernando. I can't roll my tongue, so I'm not even going to bother. Go ahead and do it again. Fernando. There we go. Just so that, that, that. Thank you for doing that for me so I didn't have to say Fernando. Here we go. go ahead and say his name again. Frank Fernando. Jones. There we go. <laughs> so, yeah, he was an Iowa State Senator. He had owned a, like a, an implement, like farm and tools type store. And Josiah actually worked for him for, for several years. And then Josiah left and started his own 
competing business. And he brought along a pretty big contract. I have a, I actually thought I would wear a hat for this and then I completely forgot about it. I have two hats out in the entryway I could have worn for this. One's green and one's pink. Not that I could tell. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Colorblind. Uh, John Deere. Yeah, yeah. Which my father-in-law actually like wrote to John Deere and he was like, you gave us a green hat for my son-in-law, you know, when we, uh, we got him a, tra- a lawn tractor, but you didn't send anything for my daughter-in-law, or son rather, my son mm. and my daughter-in-law. And then he showed up, my, my father-in-law showed up with a pink John Deere hat Aww. for me. <laughs> That's sweet. And wonderfully, wonderfully redneck. I, it, 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 it's, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is. Do you, do you get the feeling with Frank Jones that... Frank didn't really know how to run the business, and Josiah was that's the entirely real, possible. Yeah, yeah, Josiah was the real brains behind this. Yeah, because I've seen that. I, I've worked for several companies because I get bored and move on easily. <laughs> <laughs> but I've you seen hear that, that Comcast. <laughs> you know it. Um, but uh, I've seen it time and time again, where. The boss will have no fucking clue. Yeah, you do see that a lot. Do. Yeah. Yeah, and it's this. It's, it's the man on the ground. It's the yeah. man on the ground. That's that's why I've always been such a proponent of small businesses because they have less distance between the man at the top and the man on the ground. Yeah. And I've seen you know a small business turn into a large business and everything just go to absolute complete shit because the man on the ground knows what the fuck's going on with the people. He knows what the people want. He knows what the people need because he hears it from them all the goddamn time. The man at the top is insulated. And the further he gets, you know, the bigger the company, the further he gets from the man on the bottom and the more insulated he gets and, you know, the more likely that he's going to, he's not in touch with what, with the customer and what the customer wants. So that's, it's been my theory ever since I worked for a small company that became, got taken over by a big company. That was my start in tech support. And, uh, I saw the difference very, it was stark. It was, it mm-hmm. was, yeah. So I, it's entirely possible that that happened here. So it is rumored that Moore was playing hide the salami with Joan's daughter-in-law. Which... Did you see pictures of her? I did not. She, oh, I'm just going to wait for your reaction. I'm okay. not going to say anything. I'm going to let you... So here we her go. Her name was Dona. Donna. D-O-N-A. Dona? Yeah, Jones. Jones. Here we go. Looking up Dona Jones. Let's see. Not videos. No. Whoa. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Apparently there is a Dona in pornography. I'm so afraid to... It's the third one. Third one. You know what? Not bad. She's a looker. Not bad. She's a beaut. Yeah. She, she's got these mysterious dark eyes. I'd and... throw one in her. <laughs> You'd play hide the salami with yeah, her. Yeah, absolutely. She, she, was, she was very, very pretty. And uh, there's a couple things about this, this potential affair that I find very of the times. Uh, one is she, she's married, obviously, to, to Jones's son, mm-hmm. Albert, because, you know, daughter-in-law, you get the relation. Mm-hmm. Um, she was very social. People liked her, but she seemed to get a little too, as the Times would put it, familiar with the men. And as the Times would put it even better, she was, they thought she was a high stepper and snappy. He, he was a high pants, fast talking man from Muncie. <laughs> I just want to go out and call every woman I know a high stepper because if that isn't the cutest way to demean women, I don't know what is. <laughs> there is just the one, well, yeah, I guess just the one picture of Dona. Yeah, there's pretty much just the one, but she is, we'll post it on the social media. Um, yeah, she's pretty, she's, I think. Yeah. Has kind of a, 
I'm sorry to keep going to pornography here. That's kind of sure. A, why not? That's kind of a Mia Khalifa. I have look to no her. idea who that is. <laughs> She's. We we sometimes I mean, run in different worlds, if, Scott. <laughs> if Mia Khalifa was not Arabic. Okay. Yeah, she has kind of a like the thick eyebrows kind of do it for me here. I'm gonna try to find like a PG rated picture of Mia Khalifa. Here. You got fun with that. Uh, I'm gonna keep talking about that. No, one. no, no. Trust me. I'm sure there's. Yeah. See, there's there's some PG rated pictures of her actually. Yeah. All right. So there's Mia Khalifa. Okay, I can I can kind of see it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you put her hair up that way, yeah, there would be a resemblance. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned earlier that you don't really think of 1912 and telephones being big, but here's the thing. Is that this was those telephone operators, they were the center of activity and, and they life heard and everything. yes, they heard everything because they had to connect the calls. So they knew that Dona was getting a lot of calls from a couple of guys in Villisca. There was one young insurance agent, Albert Davies, so same name as her frickin' husband. Mm -hmm. Okay, you do you, lady. Um, And then also Josiah Moore was, uh, he he called quite a bit. And uh, the the telephone operator said that frequently, and more frequently than with uh, Mr. Davies, Dona would say, it's all right to come over now to Josiah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and his last time that he came over now, that he came over now was uh, oh my god am i disrespecting the dead horribly disrespecting the dead it's okay they don't realize it okay that's true there's a whole you could pay like almost 500 dollars for to spend the night in their house so i guess i I guess i'm fine um donate to us whenever we set up a patreon wouldn't it be cool to like to revisit this podcast again i don't want to spend the night there Oh, come on. Donate to us and make me. Yes, <laughs> Make yes. me do something that I hate the very here's, idea of. Here's the thing. like, And yes, there are rumors that the place is haunted, and we'll get to that. It's not even that. It's just the, the vibe, the atmosphere, the feeling. I, it, it makes my skin crawl, just the very idea. Even looking at some of the pictures, although that one in the attic with the clown doll didn't yeah. fucking help. The, the clowns. Why? 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 Yeah. Oh, no, people. Clown dolls. Just get rid of them all. Just you, get rid of them. You just have to think of it this way. Christy, you're not afraid of somebody who's missing an arm, are you? No. Or a leg. Oh, stop. Ghosts are just ghosts are just people who have had full body amputations. <laughs> That's all they are. Oh, It's Lord. the ultimate in phantom limb syndrome. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> the ultimate. Not above and beyond there it is um so yeah did you just write down full body amputation hey i might need <laughs> episode art <laughs> i'm gonna try and start keeping track fair enough um so yeah just a few days before the murder was his last visit to dona sudden sudden shift in tone there mm-hmm. i went it's like, Ooh, it's like a news like a newscaster <laughs> being like and that dog was so funny and in other news Eight people are dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that was kind of sorry for the whiplash. Guys. Yeah, but it was it was this weird shift. It was like if it was a car, the transmission would be ripped out at this point. It was creepy to sexy in three point two seconds. I'm just like so desensitized to this at this point to this particular one, and I think it's all the podcasts. I think in order to maintain my humanity, I need to do a few more websites and a few fewer podcasts. And and I'm not saying the podcasts have like less humanity, but there's there's more. 
it's, it's I mean, the, here we are doing this. Right. It's the difference between thinking for yourself whenever you're doing research and then having somebody think for you. Exactly. And I think I also absorb some more attitudes that aren't necessarily mine. And right. so I'm I'm very confused now with you know, I'm I'm very um I'm easily imprintable. I'm a very like, you know, easy person to that I, I pull up you know, parts of other people's tones, their personality sometimes, their, the way they speak, the way they, almost the way they think sometimes. And so there's a whole big mixture going on in my head. I don't know if anybody understands that. I probably sound like I should probably be, you know, like it's, telling ladies that they need to type in the nude. It's, so. it's a, uh, it's actually a trick salesman, like phone salesman will do. Yeah, except I can't do it on purpose. I just do it by accident. Well, it's <laughs> a thing, if you're easily imprintable on somebody... Next, oh, no, they'll pull it on me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Next time that you and Jackson are out and you happen to see somebody, like a young couple, that are on a first date, mm-hmm. or two friends that are connecting, watch their body language, they will start to mimic, mimic each other. Yeah, yeah. So, the other night I was out with my friend Matt, and I picked up a fork and started playing with it. Matt picks up a fork. I lean back in my chair, put my leg up on the spare chair... Matt does the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And we were having like a very close moment with each other. We were kind of like like sharing our lives with each mm-hmm. other. And I, I even went, do you realize that we have just mimicked each other's moves for like the last five minutes? So whenever you see, the next time you see a date that's going really, really well, mm-hmm. watch how they start to. They'll lean closer together. They'll... One will pick up a fork, the other will pick up a fork. They'll drink at the same time. And you can actually make somebody kind of fall for you if you can mimic their actions without them realizing. And it's, you know, at, at the one point, they're going to go, why are you doing everything I'm doing? <laughs> well, why are you doing everything I'm doing? Because <laughs> stop it! You stop it! <laughs> and then it becomes like a, a fucking eight-year-old's on a playground. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's just how I, this, this has all become kind of muddled in my head as far as, not as far as facts are concerned for the most part, but as far as attitude is concerned. Yeah. It's, it's been it's been too much at once, I think, whereas you get more of a, you get less attitude from print. You get less feeling from print. So, so yeah, that explains why I'm like, kind of like whiplashing and like jumping back and forth. So, um, you yeah. know, if, if anybody's confused by that, there you go. But, but um, Jones may not have done the deed himself. It is rumored that Jones hired hitman and serial killer, a double threat if there ever was yes. one, Bill Blackie Mansfield. I mean, isn't, once a hitman reaches a certain number, isn't he kind of, doesn't he already enter the serial killer club? It's kind of like a uh, Kuklinski type deal. Yeah, yeah. I think, it, I think it all depends. I think if you're a hitman, you're kind of doing it just for the money. You're still but killing in a serial fashion. Doesn't it really just hit right the, the, the actual like definition of each of those see, words? Kuklinski kind of did it just for himself, though, on the side, yeah. too. So I think if you're doing it for yourself in a ritualistic fashion, that's where it becomes a serial killer. Okay. If you're doing it for money, then you're a hitman. And it's creepy. Like, Kuklinski operated in this area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if, listeners, if you ever want to be fucking unnerved, watch the documentary about the Kuklinski. It's called The Iceman. Um, don't, watch, don't watch the movie. Watch the documentary where they have a psychologist interviewing him. And at one point, Kuklinski had this weird tick where right before he would kill somebody, his, his voice would kind of click Ooh. a little bit. Where he'd go, 
Yeah, like I've heard that, like people do that occasionally. There's one point in the documentary where the psychologist asks him a question and it pisses him off. And you hear his <gasps> voice start to click. And if you don't know it, you don't recognize it. Uh-huh. But as you're watching the documentary and you know it, you just have chills. And about a minute later, Kuklinski actually tells him, if we were on the outside, you'd be dead. Oh, Yeah, you've, you're making me angry now. And yeah, it was... Yeah, yeah, but Bill Blackie Mansfield, he had murdered his wife, his infant child, his mother-in-law, his father-in-law with an axe in the same fashion two years after Moore's murder. And he was a suspect in, quite literally, like double digits in the axe murder department. Including axe murders that were were fairly similar to the Villisca murder in Paola, Kansas. The double Jenny murders in Illinois. Yep, yep. And these were all just, like, at least I know the Kansas ones were four days before the Villisca murders. I'm not sure when the Illinois ones were, but four days. And he was a suspect in the insanely weird Axeman of New Orleans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Read some on that. Yeah, the Axeman... Like, said he was the angel of death, and mm-hmm. if everybody had a jazz band playing in their house, he wouldn't kill anyone. Oh my god, that was so crazy. Yeah. yeah. And, um, now, I'm, I'm this... wondering if you if you don't have this particular detail because you didn't know about the lamps. I did not know about the lamps. Go ahead Get and ready. hit me, hit me with this d- detail. Each of those scenes, at the very least, the, the Kansas and the Aurora, Illinois ones, lamp at the foot of the bed with the chimney missing, bowls of water used to wash blood. Motherfucker. Right? Yeah. I skate chills reading that and I wrote it down myself. You know, well, typed. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of clears up our suspects. Who do you, who's your favorite for this? Well, I mean, there's there's the idea that he did it himself and there's also the idea that Jones hired him to do it. I think I, I lean towards uh, did it himself of, of his own accord, mainly because... How exactly do you find, in 1912, I'm sure some people were able to do it, but you live in a little tiny town, I guess networking or something. How do you find somebody to murder everybody in a house? How exactly do you track? It's not like, you know, like Craigslist is available. And, you know, like, how how do you go out and find somebody who's actually fucking willing to do this? How? That's what gets me. I think at this time, you have to think of it, though, as the Old West. Yeah. You have to think of it... It's still not... It's, it's a little bit past the Old West, right. though. And it's the Midwest. Right. Some you, Old West qualities, but it's still not the Old West. Right, right. You're... You're just starting to get into the swine flu epidemic around this point. I think there was a feeling that human life was not worth as much as it is today. You did have a shit ton of axe murders, man. Yeah. That really, I mean, you don't see that right now. You do have a lot of shootings. Yeah, maybe that's the reason we don't see as many axe murders, is just because they're they're shootings instead. What's handy? Well, the axe is in the garage, but the gun's right here. (laughs) And that's if people have an axe. Most people don't. It's it's no longer a weapon of convenience anymore, because most, like, a lot of people live in cities. You know, or did they just don't have, even if they don't live in a city, they live in a small town, but they don't have any reason for an axe. You know, who needs to chop down a tree if you live in a little suburb or whatever? Right. We have axes because we have, we live on, on a wooded lot, which is another reason why the, the whole axe murder thing freaks me out because I'm like, they're right in there, even though I have knives in my kitchen, you know? So, but it's just the, I don't know. Yeah, it's, there's, I think people tend to kill with what they're comfortable with. I bet if you look in Blackie's past, 
like, and it's hard to look into this guy's past. Yeah, you can't. I bet yeah. he worked on a farm, or I bet that I bet that he worked in a forestry capacity at some point in his life, where this is what he was familiar with. Yeah, you know, and it's yeah, fucked up. He did get cleared though. Um, there was a, there was a detective Wilkerson. Who he was the one who actually came up with the theory that uh, Frank Jones was the one who uh, had had uh, Mansfield be the axe man, as it were, and he he had a grand jury open up an investigation. This was uh, 1916, so you know we see that like three, four, five years after the murder, they're still trying to you know like find somebody, um, but they found uh, an alibi on some payroll records a couple hundred miles away. And so Blackie got uh, released and eventually sued Wilkerson and won some money. Wow. So, yeah, sued him for, for I believe, defamation, which uh, they, or slant, slander or defamation. And they say, you know, truth is, is an absolute defense against slander. And so he must have had at least one judge who was sure he was telling the truth. I, I just still think that payroll records, especially back then, could be very easily manipulated and, and changed. I don't think it would be that difficult to find somebody slip him a... Heck, it was 1912. Slip him a one. Yeah. <laughs> Got myself a Washington here. My grandmother fucked him. <laughs> exactly. I, the sinister minister, is who I pay for Okay, this. all right. And, and maybe this is me. Oh, wait. Oh, yes. But. But. How big was the sinister minister? Do you have that? I do not. He was 5'2 and 100 pounds, dude. <laughs> X, bam. How low were the ceilings? Oh, it's hard to know. Yeah, there were so many people who lived this... there between nineteen twelve and then when it was renovated to to be like sort of like you know restored. This is why we need to spend the night. So I, I'll, what I'm doing, yeah, I'm that's only, true. yeah, I'm only five five. I'll crouch, I'm five four. I'll crouch down a little bit and try to swing an axe and see if I can hit the the top of the ceiling with the axe. Um. That's, man, I've seen some vicious, you know, 5'2", five 5'2", two, five two to me, I've seen some vicious people at that size. And you can still have, like, a lot of physical strength. Exactly. And honestly... And your, your, your victims are apparently, seven out of eight of them, all sleeping. Exactly. That was the point I was actually just going to get to. If, th- if this happened whenever people were awake... Yeah, I would say, yeah, the, the minister, uh, Kelly, he didn't do it. Because you have, you have normal-sized people, <laughs> and, then, and then a guy who's five foot two. But the fact that it's sleeping, if you're five two, you're going to take that opportunity. Plain and simple. I don't actually have any... I, my, my, my best theory is, is Blackie did it and got the payroll forged, and that's, that's, that's as creative as I get mm-hmm. with these. I generally don't get too creative with the theories unless I'm talking about, like, you know, the bloody benders and weird demon magic things going on, um, or thinking that weird demon magic things are going on. So, um, so yeah, uh, I don't... My, my only theory was... Remember I talked about the cookies and milk mm-hmm. when I thought that the cookies and milk yes, were... Yes, I want to hear this. ...at the house. My theory was drug the milk 
everybody in the house is out cold. Nobody wakes up when you're bludgeoning them. Milk is a b- very bad thing to use for drugging. Okay, I see. I didn't know that. Because it I'm actually... just coming up with this shit off the top of my head, not yeah. knowing actual facts and reality. So, Again, like I said, I'm not the sharpest axe in the shed. No, you are very a very <laughs> sharp axe. Not at the end of if the school semester. School there... semester, yeah, okay. Not at the end of the semester, I'm not. <laughs> if there's anybody here that's a bludgeoning instrument, it's me. <laughs> um, milk actually is... Pr- you can poison somebody with milk, uh-huh. but it's not the ideal thing. Because, and especially back in these days, whenever they were using using milk that would separate, that was heavy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It coats the lining of the stomach and the intestines and oh. makes it really hard for anything to absorb. That makes so much sense. Like, especially goat's milk. All right, so he baked the cookies. There it is. <laughs> and they were almond cookies. Yo! Yeah, almond. What is it? Cyanide, cyanide right? Yeah, yeah. Almonds, yeah. But that would, yeah. Uh, but no, that, it was just an idea that came to me when I was like, oh, if, if, he, if he knew that like the one thing that everybody in the house would drink, which in those days would definitely be the milk. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it was just a random thought that only answered, it didn't answer even who. It only answered a little bit of how. Yeah. And, and the how specifically being how the fuck did they all stay asleep? So, all right. I think we've, we've, we've. I've traumatized myself. I've traumatized Christy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Jackson's in the next room. Probably hasn't heard very much of this. Probably also traumatized. Just, he feels it. He's curled up in the fetal position. My neighbors are getting the vibes. The ducks. The ducks. The ducks. Have their heads under their wings and are weeping little duck tears. (laughs) Little duck tears. Uh So I think we need to move on to the, the haunting, the future. Well, I have one oh, one little it. aftermath thing to to mention. So we have to move on to legislation. Ba, ba, ba. Um, the murder caused some legislation to be written that included the establishment of the current, uh, the predecessor of the current Iowa Bureau of Criminal Investigation. So the 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 thing that became eventually the State Bureau of Investigation. Uh, came about because of these murders. Probably because of people grabbing skull fragments and running, you know, so. So, yeah, okay. Um, hunting! Yes, now we're talking my wheelhouse. Yes. The the house still stands. Still stands, has been uh, restored, so it's similar to the original. As we mentioned, you can do a virtual tour. Uh, I will post the link on our social media because it's something. you got to have Flash also, just a warning. Yeah, it's a... Uh... The house was built in 1868 on lot 310, if you're interested in that sort of thing. Yes, uh-huh. Uh, the house, after the murders, has gone through the possession of eight people. Mm-hmm. So, selling a distressed property, not that big of a deal. But, I mean, people have died in my house. So, yeah, big deal. Uh, the most recent acquisition is 1994, Darwin Lynn. Uh, Darwin and his wife successfully restored the house... To the original condition. Uh, the house is added to the National Register of Historic Places. Now, if you want to really ramp up paranormal activity, mm-hmm. I mean really fucking ramp it up, the best thing you can do is start working on the residents. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
You, you, you upset people. Yeah. We, we talked a little bit about uh, in the uh, Ambrose Small murders of that that haunting idea of, of how he basically, like, the supposedly the ghost of Ambrose Small right. saved the mural when they were doing a lot of reconstruction right. and renovation. So prior to the renovation in 94, there was at least three paranormal happenings. Uh, former tenants uh, said they'd seen the figure of a shadowy man with an axe standing at the foot of their bed. Well, who hasn't? Holy fuck! Also, yes. Yeah, I, 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 I concur. <laughs> I've had I've had some paranormal experiences. One that took place at the foot of my bed. Mm. Oddly calming. I hate them when they're next to the bed, under the bed, or the night that I decided I was going to get off Ambien mm-hmm. was the night that I was I was at my in-laws' house and I was trying to sleep. It was the night before Thanksgiving or something like that, and I'm laying there and I went into a sleep paralysis kind of state which tended to happen with that and i heard a voice from under the bed and it said i'm gonna replicate the voice as best as i can i'm going to escape fuck me right and yeah. you're lying there and you can't fucking move yeah. so yeah it's that idea that's that sleep terror sleep paralysis idea of like my my hallucinations were all auditory uh, for the most part they only got visual a couple times and it was never anything terrifying the idea of seeing a person fucks me up yeah. fucks me up so bad it was, mine was startling, but kind of comforting. Um, the, the area that I used to live in, a lot of corn planter Indians mm-hmm. did their hunting there. Hmm. And I've said this before, the house I used to live in was active. Mm-hmm. One night I wake up and I, I just kind of laid in bed for a little while. And I had the clapper. You know, <laughs> I, had the, I, had the, I had the good clapper, the one you go... And then a light would turn on, but then you could go, and then another light would turn on, oh, a different light. Oh, right? advanced clapper, yes. the clapper 3000. Exactly, like Star Trek clapper technology. Yes. So I go, and I sit up, and there's a Native American man sitting on the dresser at the foot of my bed. Shit. And, I was like, and he looks at me, and he goes, you know this is a sacred land you're on. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Okay. And gone. Okay. And it wasn't like a fadeaway. It was like I blinked and he just wasn't there anymore. Shit. Now, I'm perfectly willing to admit that could have been my, you know, a dream state. Mm-hmm. But it was, I felt very awake. Um, and then I went downstairs and peed a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> a little bit. So there... Uh, There's shoe... been, yeah, shoes with blood found. Yeah, shoes filled with blood found. Uh, that move around. That move around. Yes, moving shoes with blood. Moving blood shoes. Come to the house and pay money to spend the night with moving blood shoes. While you're at it, why don't you ride the Velisca Sub-Zero Rape Coaster? (laughs) (laughs) That's not going to be the tagline. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, So, yes, self-walking blood shoes. And then I think we're just going to go ahead and skip to my favorite because it really tops everything. Go for it. 2014. November 7th, a man named Robert Larson Jr. stabbed himself in the chest while visiting the house. Motherfucker. Right? He actually was um, taken by, like, medevac to uh, another hospital because the the regional hospital couldn't... (laughs) The regional hospital couldn't handle it. So, so yeah. Fucked up. And yet this beautiful site... Uh, was recognized with the Preservation at Its Best Award by the Iowa Historic Preservation Alliance in 1997. So, if you want to see murder restored at its best, that'll be about 
$428, kind of an odd, well, it's an even number, but it's an odd even number. Yeah. Okay, but sure. For one to six people, $75 for each additional person. Uh, if you would like to take a day tour, uh, they're open not at extensive hours, but they have like midday hours uh, most days of the week. $10 per person, 12 and over. Children 7 to 11, $5. Seniors 65 and over, $5. So what a deal, what a steal. Come see the house where eight people were bludgeoned to death. And you know, Junior, little little Sarah was just about her age whenever she got 20 whacks to the fucking head with the blunt end of an axe. They don't have a fucking toddler rate? I can't bring my toddler? <laughs> well, I'm sure that under or, you know, under that, it might be free. It might be free. I, what a deal, what a steal, indeed. Exactly. Can't beat that Rem- shit. Remember, keep your ticket stubs because uh, they will be used as evidence yeah. <laughs> for or, a court-appointed psychologist. You can get a discount at the local diner. No, I don't. No, 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 no. I'm making that up because it's funny. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, so, I should see this... a review that there, there is a local uh, diner or some sort of like food that is has fantastic food, according to the people on the the website. At so, this point, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be shocked. Somebody no. from Villisca might be listening. That's going like, who owns a diner? Because that's a fucking good idea. Why didn't I think of that? God yeah. damn. Well, do I have like bacon? Um. <laughs> so, what what you doing this weekend? Uh, probably trying to get over this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I foresee a lot of very calming cross-stitch in my future. I, I also, I, I need to catch up on a few school things, but I'm mostly caught up. It's next week is grading their their final projects, but this weekend it's like, I'm that and got to gotta plan France. I don't have very much of France plans, so I gotta start planning yeah. more because it's creeping off soon. <laughs> my big thing, and this is sad that this is my big thing. I, I just said I'm cross-stitching, dude. I'm gonna watch Doom Patrol. I sure. think Doom Patrol's fantastic. I love that. So I'll watch that. But most of my free time is actually going to be spent researching our next episode. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, doing a little bit, I purchased a book called Promoting Your Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to be reading that in my spare time. Um, and, and really working... Uh, not only on this podcast, but, but I have, like, ideas for several others. Yeah. Um, and more on that as it develops. I don't want to, I don't want to, like, throw that out there and, and dream too big too soon. You've got the horse, you keep the cart behind it. Exactly. Things are in order. Right. But I'm not seeing this as, like, putting the cart before the horse. I'm seeing this oh, as yeah, knowing where my destination is. Well, you're not telling the reader the cart before you tell them the horse. Exactly. That, or the reader. Exactly. The reader? No, you guys listen to us. You well, I mean, you, they have to read the title I, of the podcast. I teach writing. So frequently <laughs> when I mention audience instead of audience, I say reader. So, yeah, it, 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 this is a, it, it's always a little mental switch I have to make. So. Yeah. But um, so, yeah. I'll tell you what, if, if you're in Johnstown, uh, we just had a new theater open up. Yes, I need to get down there. Me too, me too. The, it's, no, it's not even a new theater. It's an it's old, old theater. theater. Old the theater. First... So cool that none of us knew existed yeah. until like eight months ago or something. The first thing I thought whenever I saw pictures of the inside of this theater is this is where the live episode of Old Timey oh Crimey needs to take place. That would be so cool. That would be so and cool. And I thought, and I have this dream. This is this is me dreaming. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be great to show the town that dreaded sundown? <laughs> do yeah. a little bit of a before podcast, mm-hmm. have the audience watch a little bit of an after podcast with discussion. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. that so, would be so much fun. Yeah, that absolutely would. So, um, you know what? You know 
that you have a friend that would love this podcast. Mm -hmm. Please, please pimp this podcast out. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Pimp it out. Um, go ahead and like follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Um, give us some some likes and retweets. Uh, we're we're old timey crimey on on both. I like to spell things out, so I'm gonna go ahead and do that for you. If Scott can spell out poop jokes, I can spell out our name. O L D T I M E Y C R I M E Y. I can spell it even if I can't say it. There you go. And leave us reviews. Leave us comments. Absolutely, yeah. iTunes, please. Those five stars, they mean a lot. They help us a lot. They 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 mess with that algorithm somehow. Nobody or not mess with it, but they work with iTunes yeah. algorithm. And it would really help us out. We would we so greatly appreciate it. And uh, we're gonna give uh, in the you know as soon as we start gathering up some iTunes reviews, we're gonna start giving up some shout outs. Yeah. And we'd uh, let's see, what do we want from our listeners this week aside from telling me how to keep you in line, which I so <laughs> desperately need. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll edit out anything you tell me to edit out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, maybe the mayonnaise. You know what? I would love, I would love if some of our listeners could get over there, leave a comment mm-hmm. on our episodes for Pod on Podbean. Mm-hmm. Uh, oldtimeycrimey.podbean.com mm-hmm. throw some comments down there tell us what you like tell us what you don't like absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and and give us suggestions for shows give us suggestions for the way you would like to see this laid out are we doing something that annoys you are you are we doing something that you really really enjoy you're really gonna make my next therapy session super worth the money right 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 absolutely <laughs> are, are, is Christy doing something that annoys you give us a list yes <laughs> bullet point that shit mm-hmm. <laughs> In order of most annoying to least annoying, number one, Christy has Scott for a friend. Number two, <laughs> Christy doesn't talk over Scott enough. <laughs> That's what all the things are going to be. Just get fucking rid of Scott. <laughs> I think you're the funny one, so probably not. If it were me, it would not be nearly as funny. You're also the gross one. Uh, you're the, 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 and, and sometimes the, the demented one. I guess people like that. <laughs> Could you imagine me? Could you imagine me in 1912 as a police detective going oh, off? Fuck well, no. it's obvious what he did. He used the... <laughs> no, no, stop. <laughs> no, don't say it again. Once was more than too much. Once was too much. All right. On that note, yes, please do the iTunes, do the comments, get us on Twitter. We love you. Thank you so much for listening. We had a great, horrible time. <laughs> great and horrible time. And you know what? Just put the X down. Yeah. Please. Put the axe down. Just let him sleep. We're begging you. That was a disturbing, disturbing way to end, but whatever. It was a disturbing podcast. I am sick in the head. (laughs) And I agree. (laughs) Good night. Have a good week, everyone.